0: Hey everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine. Alongside me, as always for this wacky ride, is Ryan Frederick. Uh, Ryan, it's not quite that day as we're recording, but as people are listening, it's March fifteenth. You know what that means? Uh, no, no, you t- you tell me. i uh, brain fade a little bit. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a clue. A two Brutai? It's the Ides of March, dude. Oh. I'm just thinking about St. Paddy's
1: Day in a couple of days. So.
0: No, yeah, no, I'm I'm actually doing a, a special uh show that you might like um on uh St. Paddy's Day for with David Lovell, um Irish music. Um, looking forward to that one, actually, I just sent in the songs, um, but yeah, no Ides of March, I don't know. I always think of that on on these days uh, you know, I don't really know what that means. I guess it's halfway through March, who knows yeah I don't I, even, it would be cool if the
1: <laughs> I don't even give two thoughts what? to the Ides of March, aside from I don't movie. know why I do, aside from the movie
0: <laughs> names. Well, there's a band, apparently, too, because when I Googled it to make sure that I was right about the date, um, it it came up, you know, there's, apparently there's a band called the Ides of March as well. But anyways, this isn't a music show. It's a MMA show. And uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. Um, and uh, so as we with our new format that we just started not that long ago, we're kicking off our show with the We Gotta Talk About segment. And for the second time in three weeks since doing this, we're not talking about UFC. We're talking about Bellator slash PFL, more PFL than Bellator, I guess. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, you know, it's all the talk. I, you know, I talked about it with Gary Gonzalez on the bruise news. He talked about it with Dave uh, on observer radio. I think he, Dave talked about it with Brian on the radio and we're going to talk about it now because and we touched on this last week a little bit, but um, Kayla Harrison of course is uh, going back to PFL uh, because Scott Coker or sorry, Scott Coker. Um, they've promised her apparently big, big name opponents. And they don't have any big, big name opponents in PFL other than Julia Budd. So the story going around now is uh, Chris Cyborg has one fight left in our Bellator contract. And they may be looking to try to put this fight together. What's going on?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. Kayla Harrison is officially one hundred percent signed a new deal with PFL. Uh, Bellator came in last minute, made a made a last uh, a last big offer, but PFL has matching rights, and as long as they match every term in the contract, the, she's 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 stuck there, whether she likes it or likes it or not. We've seen this matching rights thing be you know be a big deal in the past you know sometimes fighters will kind of get stuck somewhere they don't necessarily want to be because of it it's kind of (laughs) it's one of those things that needs to go bye-bye in contracts you know you know yeah you have the right to match but that doesn't necessarily mean that the fighter has to resign with you whereas you know now it's all they have to do is like like all pfl had to do was match every single single term basically take bellator's offer and replace the words bellator with pfl pfl in there and and she stuck with them. she has no she has no choice kind of it kind of doesn't sound right, but it is what it is. I mean, that's what Bellator did back in the day with, with uh, the Eddie Alvarez thing, where they literally took the UFC's contract, you know, marked out UFC and put wide out with Bellator o- over it, including the pay per view portions, even though they had no intentions of running pay per views, and that's what Eddie Alvarez got in all sorts of legal. You know, battles with Bellator to get out of it so he could go to the UFC. But, but yeah, Kayla Harrison back in PFL, and uh, you know the fight they were trying to put together with Cyborg. Uh, Cyborg had, like I've said on the show, she has either one or two fights left. I've heard, I've heard both, both. But the th- but the key thing I've heard is, regardless of whether she has one or two fights left, she's her her contract is up in in the summertime because usually it's like. You know they sign people sign for six fights over the course of three years, but if you if you you know don't get all six of those fights done in the three years three years uh, uh, you know it's it's over. That's why that's why the UFC. You know you always hear Dana's like like I have to offer these guys three fights a year, which is true because he he has to offer them, he has to offer them a fight every four months, and if they say no, then that latches on time to the contract. So, but uh, gotcha. as far as Bellator. Well, or she's probably hasn't, you know, she's probably just said yes to all the fights offered her, and uh, they rem- they uh, she's got a fight in April, uh, rematch against Arlene Blainco. I mean, it's not it's just Sinead Kavanaugh like like it was supposed to be last week, but it's just oh, bad. I was wondering
0: about that. Okay, <coughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> well, she's never uh, has she fought Blanco before? I don't think she has. Yeah, actually. I yeah, I think that. Was, oh, she did. Okay, I think that was for the the
1: very first or the, her first title defense. Okay so in uh, after she beat Julia Budd. but anyway but uh yeah fight still to put together is is Harrison and Cyborg uh is Cyborg becomes a free agent and leaves bellator she could easily just sign sign with the pfl and they just do that uh the pfl's head honcho don davis has a uh, put the challenge out there to scott coker to to you know for co-promotion and putting it on paper pay-per-view it's a up to coker coker always does this with when you know when he wants to call out anything on the ufc you know he always pushes the the co-promote with us so now the shoes on the other foot. We'll have to see. It'd be kind of stupid if, Uh. I mean, I could see him saying no and I could see him saying yes. Yes, but it's almost like a situation where he kind of has to say yes because he's, he's done this, such this grandstanding challenge with UFC to co-promote, co-promote all these years and all of a sudden now somebody wants to challenge him to co-promote. He kind of, if he says no, he's, you know, putting himself in a, you know, bad bad picture to say so. But, uh. But but yeah, uh, that's the deal right there. And, you know, anything, anything you got, you got to add there, Paul?
0: Yeah. Well, I just got a question because for me, like, I can see why Bellator would be interested in this, but for PFL, the problem I see is that they got these million dollar tournaments and she's going to go into the women's lightweight tournament and she's going to win it. So that that's a million dollars. Now if they give her a fight with Cyborg, presumably that's big big money. They're not going to put Cyborg in the tournament. Like this is just going to be a one-off fight. Um presumably co-co-promoted by both companies and potentially being on pay-per-view. But then they're stuck having this lightweight tournament that they got to give a million dollars to. And one of these other women is going to get a million dollars and they're still going to have to pay Kayla Harrison, whatever they're paying her. So for me, like it just seems like they're going to cost themselves a lot more money and for them to pay, let's say a million dollars to, to, um, to Harrison. And then they're probably gonna have to pay almost that much to Cyborg. They're going to need to do like a hundred thousand buys on the show to even break even. And, There's no way they're going to get 100,000 people buying a pay-per-view co-promoted by PFL and Bellator when they can barely get that many people watching their shows for free. I mean, am I missing something? (laughs) I mean, it depends
1: on how they promote. It depends on how they promote it. If I'm honestly, if I'm PFL. I just wait and make Cyborg an offer because she's yeah. she's not going to. The lightweight tournament, you have to look at it, the possibility of. Uh, we're talking Harrison Cyborg probably not happening until next year, regardless. Regardless, because. So I mean, by, by next go- year, you mean 2020, 2023? Twenty twenty three because, you know, Cyborg's okay. deal's up in July and she's got ninety days exclusive negotiations with Bellator. So you're talking about October before she could start you know, possibly okay. October before she could start start negotiating with other promotions and then the whole you know, that whole process, you know, because Bellator will have matching rights, you know, blah blah blah, all that all that kind of stuff. So you're talking about probably you know, could be we're probably You know, outside of a co-promotion co-promotion situation, I'm probably looking at a year till the fight anyway. So I mean, that uh, will gives time for Harrison to win another million dollars, and then and then by 2023, PFL's plan of they have plans of doing non-tournament pay-per-view okay. pay-per-views with like some of their big stars, you know, the, the Pettis's, the Rory McDonald's, the Verdooms, the the
0: Harrison's, you know, that just. so well for Bellator.
1: Yeah. Um, Hey, you know, <laughs> you know, they, people see what the UFC does and thinks that, thinks that they, they can still do it because, you know, and also they see what AEW W does, you know, as far as wrestling, like, Oh, pay-per-views, you know, not pay-per-view is not dead. A pay-per-view isn't dead, but you have to give people a product that they want to pay for. And I don't see PFL. People want to pay for PFL or Bellator or any of, any of that.
0: They'll People pay-per-view. don't even watch the shows for free. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, they're closer to impact. And impact, you know, they're flipping cartwheels if they get 25,000 buys. And the audiences for impact are very similar to what Bellator and PFL are doing. So, so Beltor know, already
1: tried, Bellator already tried pay-per-view a long time ago, uh, you know? Yeah. And that's when they were when doing it, a
0: million viewers were, spike. Yeah. When they were, and they got a hundred thousand. Yeah. When they were yeah. a far stronger promotion and it, and it crashed and burned, you know? so I mean, yeah. it's, And what did Combate do with, uh, you know, with their second biggest uh, promotion in North America and their million, million people watching on Friday nights. And they did like what? 15,000 buys for uh, Tito Ortiz and Alberto Del Rio. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that, yeah so, I mean even, yeah and and even uh,
1: gold even Golden go, Boy doing you know go, yeah. Oscar De La Hoya like, doing doing Liddell and T- Tito you know after all the all these like years thirty thousand maybe that fell miserably if you're I mean it's yeah fell miserably I think the you know, these promotions are are you know shooting too you know too far ahead that's why. That's why I kind of like what Habib's doing with Eagle FC. He's yeah. just keeping it grounded, yeah. you know. He he knows what they are, what they are, and you know what, and he knows what they're not trying to be. And PFL belts are both still trying to be something that they can't be,
0: and they aren't. You know, given what you just laid out there, then what I think is going to happen is uh, Cyborg's contract is going to run out. She's going to sign a contract with PFL, and then Kayla's going to go to UFC. And the fight's not gonna happen <laughs> like because I assume this it's it's a one year deal she signed with p f l right i i like, you know, don't just, know for sure I don't know the terms for sure uh, I would assume, and then you know she'll go to u f c as soon as, and I think they're they have an out in there in those contracts anyways that they can go back to u f c if they get a yeah. offer so
1: yeah, I mean you yeah. know the yeah, i mean especially if Nunez beats Pena beats her convincingly to the point where everybody yeah. you know says okay the first you know, that first fight was just a bad night for her. then, you know, then all of a sudden, sudden you can start talking about doing Harrison and Nunez again.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we, we talked a little bit about Tour then and uh, tour had a show this weekend. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week. Um, I actually watched the whole show pretty much. I skipped a couple of the prelims, but I watched the like majority of the show. You, I believe, watched. Was it just the main event or the top two matches? Uh, I, I watched, I just saw the man, I saw the end of the
1: Phil Davis, Julius Anglicus fight and, and most of the, uh, Burnell Borks fight, Borks fight, because by the time the UFC ended, it was, we were already in the middle of the Phil Davis fight. And then I laid down afterwards and I fell asleep about the (laughs) middle of the
0: fourth round of the Burnell Borks fight. All right. Well, uh, you saw the best part of the Davis fight because the first two rounds were pretty boring. Davis took him down at the end of each round and kind of won the won the rounds that were kind of close leading up to that, and then the third he just completely dominated him. Um, but the Borkes burnell fight was—I um, thought Borkes looked really good here, and this is going to lead into something that I think you want to talk about, almost like a second mini. We got to talk about, but Borkes here. Like I made the comment last week that I thought these guys were top fifteen, you know, UFC featherweights, and then you you know you corrected me on that. But I think Boric's actually is. Um, I, I think this Boric's beats like a guy like Alex Caceres, for instance, you know, who is ranked. Um, but um, the he like to me, he reminded me in this fight the way he was fighting, just his style and even his look a little bit, kind of reminded me a little of Dustin Poirier. Did you kind of see that in what you watched? <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't... You know what? I wasn't paying much attention, so I was just... Okay, was, okay. So Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. But what got me, though, was I was thinking, because they showed his key wins at the beginning of the fight, and they... I still can't believe they put Aaron Pico in the ring against this guy when Pico had like four fights under his belt. Like, and this is the Bellator matchmaking. They, they just have no idea what they're doing sometimes. And like this Borix is the works might be the best, like outside of, um, pitbull and um i mean this was this was another thing this was the number two contender fighting the number two contender in like 10 years of ufc having rankings they've never had two guys tied for the same ranking spot And beltor has been doing this for like eight months and somehow they can't figure out how to rank one of these guys ahead of the other one but um the um he's yeah so they were fighting the t- number two fighting the number two and apparently the winner was gonna be number one even though Pitbull's number one. Um, but yeah, it, it was great performance from Borics. Um I had him winning all five rounds. Big John McCarthy had it four to one. Uh, two of the judges, I think, had it four to one, and one gave him all five. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. But I, I thought Bork's looked really good here. Brunel hung in there, but is striking was just really great. Um, and the rest of the card, I mean, you have it in your... Just hold on a second. Um, you had it on your... Um, in your write-up, you know they all went the distance, and it, it was pretty boring. Uh, Johnny Eblen looked really good; he stayed undefeated. He beat John Salter. Phil Davis, you know, did what everyone knew he was going to do against Julius and Gleekis. And in the opener, J.J. Wilson, who is an unbeaten fighter, another kind of weird matchmaking. Um, he lost to Godzi Rab- uh seventeen and four now, and he just uh, you know kind of completely dominated him as well. But you had a point that you wanted to get to on the prelims. Assume you didn't see the fight. Wasn't much to it. Romero Cotton, prospect. Um, well, tell us about your problem with this matchmaking.
1: Well, I mean, Cotton, he's a prospect, 5-0 guy. 5-0 guy, but because Bellator is like so, so like their middle he's at middleweight, so there's uh, their middleweight roster is so thin, like this guy's a five and oh prospect, but he's ranked eighth. So he's a ranked middleweight. But I mean, I get the whole idea, like, oh, he's a prospect, we want to build him up. His opponent, uh, Freddie Sandoval, was a guy who came in with I think a five, six and one record. But not only that, yep, the guy had not fought since two thousand nine. Like like, how did this fight even get sanctioned? Sanctioned? I don't understand that. It's just, you know, I, I mean, I get one to, you know, I mean, talk about giving, giving your prospect an absolute tomato can, tomato can. it did the, the fight went a minute and a half, and Cotton just ran through, through him. But that's just, that's what I talk about with match matchmaking. Like it, do, it doesn't make sense so much, so many, so many times. Like they couldn't find like. Caught in a guy who was like, you know, three and oh, three and one, you know, who had fought recently. Like they have to go and Even find like two and two, whatever. Yeah, yeah. they have to go
0: and find a guy who hasn't like, fought in 13 years. Just, you know. Well, and like, not only that, it's his record was five and six. He doesn't like the guys he was fighting. Like I'm looking at the record right now. Like the guys he was fighting were five, one and two, one and oh, one and oh, oh and oh, oh and one, oh and one. That's what what this guy was fighting. Like, he was fighting guys that were, like, nobody. Like, I, I just, this makes, yeah, like you said, this makes no sense. And not only that, I don't even know if you noticed this, but um, the fight right before that was another prospect they're working on, and she's actually ranked in their flyweight division. Diana, Az- I knew I should practice this, Avzavaragova, um, she's in there against Kyra Batara. Now, that name rang a bell to me. Cause I get the Combate America's press releases and I'm like, I know that name. And then I looked her up and sure enough, she was the Combate Atomweight champion. She's in there against Diana Asgarova uh, flyweight. The size difference between these two, one was five foot eight. The other one was four 11. And it, this was just a complete mismatch. And Batara almost like could have won. Like that's they, they just exposed Diana Azarugava, whatever her name is, because like she couldn't even handle uh, an atom weight because Kyra Batara like got championship level experience. And even though she's a lot smaller, she's, you know, it's good. So like what's like they couldn't have found her like somebody, you know, like you said, like two and two, you know, whatever, like just to showcase win. No, they got to go get an actual real good fighter that happens to be a little bit smaller. So not only does it look ridiculous, if she manages to beat this woman, like you just killed her career. So, I don't know. Um, they also had Cody Law uh, get a big win over James Adcock, who is only slightly better than the guy you brought up. He's 7-5 and five now. Um, but again, at least he fights regularly. Like, that just baffled me That dude, when you mentioned it, and then I looked it up. Yeah, 2009 he last fought. He's got, guy's got a win over Drew Fickett. I'll give him that. But, I mean, I could, Drew Fickett? Like <laughs> Um that's how old this dude is. Uh but yeah, it, it was it was something. Um and uh but one fight I wanted to talk about on the prelims. This this fight was almost as good as the almost as good a, a round in the second round I think it was as the um Uh, one we're going to talk about a little bit later, uh, the um, Terrence McKinney and uh, Drew Dober. This is Alex Polizzi and Jose Augusto Azevedo. Now, Jose Augusto, he was the guy that fought Rumble Johnson and almost knocked him out. And uh, like Johnson was out on his feet, and then this guy couldn't finish him. And then a couple minutes later, uh, Johnson just finished him off with a, you know, knocked him off his feet, literally, and flat, flat on his back. Same thing happened here. This the, he's in there against Alex Polizzi, who is nine and one, um, and. Alex Polizzi got just rocked with a flying knee. And then Jose Augusto goes to the ground with them. He gets him in like an arm bar that looked like just tight. Somehow Polizzi scrambled and got out of it. And by the end of the round, he was pounding on Jose Augusto and like looked like he was almost going to finish him. It was just crazy. That was the second round. And then the third round, he came out, uh, Polisi just came out strong and just knocked him down right away and then slapped on a rear naked choke and, and Augusto just tapped like super quick. But... Um, it was a really great fight. Like, if this was on UFC, it's all anybody would be talking about, but it was on the Bell prelims, and you know, nobody saw it. So, nice win for Polizi. Um, Augusto's super tall, too. Um, was he, was he, he's listed here at 6'3, but he looked even taller than that in the cage. But, um, yeah, that was, um, that was the Bell show. Um, I, 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 really enjoyed it. Um, uh, main event. Better than it sounds. Like when you talk about four, you know, um, unanimous decisions, it sounds like oh, you're gonna fall asleep, and you actually did. But I watched it the next day, and and it was fine. I enjoyed it. I watched it at like midnight, and I didn't fall asleep. So, um, but then there we also had Eagle FC. Uh, I didn't watch any of this, but uh, you, I think, did. Uh, what'd you think of this show? And anything we need to know about it? Yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched most of it. Missed the first first few fights, but uh,
1: but yeah. But uh, from what I watched, it was. A lot of it was it was a fun fun show. I spent most of my time trying to you know, listen to Henry Cejudo butcher a lot of names. He uh, <laughs> he called he called uh, Chel Charles a couple of times. Uh, oh he, cool. he was having trouble saying Medov every time we want we want to talk about Habib. I think I think one time he, I think he said medieval Mediv or something like that. Like I don't even know how. Like I guess I guess you know trying to think and talk to. Talk too fast, mess, messed messed him up. But uh, but yeah. So I spent a lot of time trying to be a Cerruto translator. But there was some fun stuff. Erwin uh, Rivera, his first fight since uh, yeah, he had a little crazy spell and stabbed his sisters and was in jail. And he won, and he cut a. Uh, I'll just say a bizarre post fight promo. I mean, you know, you know, I don't know what to say about it. But uh, but yeah, it was that was something else. Uh. There was a really good fight between Ray Borg and Ricky Bandeas. A lot of a lot of action. Uh, Ray Borg won by split decision. His his eye was completely closed for almost the entire fight, but it was you know a lot of back and forth striking. That was a really good fight. uh, uh Rizvan Kuniev he, he submitted Anthony Hamilton in just over a minute. That's kind of be expected. Uh, main event: Kevin Lee won a unanimous decision over Diego Sanchez. Uh, you know Diego, you say what you want about him, he probably shouldn't be fighting, but he didn't look that bad against Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee didn't look that great against him. Uh, Lee claimed that he might have had, that he might have blown out his ACL in uh, the first round, which oh. is odd considering he's blown out both ACLs already. So, but, I mean, he, he you know, he he was in the video package before the fight, he was like talking about like, like you know, how he he in the past wouldn't train hard because he would have this mental thing like mentally i you know he'd have this thing where like i'm supposed to beat these guys so he wouldn't take training seriously seriously and he'd lose those fights and it it sounded like he was kind of doing the same for this one and but he i mean but it's against diego so you'd have to really mess up you know to lose to diego at this this stage but i mean that's the thing with that's the thing of fighters if you if you go in a fight thinking that you've already won the fight just based on based on your talent against the other talent of the others you've lost the fight already you need to those kind of people need to see like sports psychologists or something something because that's Kevin Lee's biggest downfall has been himself I mean he you know, he went into the yeah. Tony Ferguson fight and the ally Quinta fight, you know, thinking I've already won this fight before the fight even happened, and then he he loses those fights. So it's just, but yeah, it's was, it's was a good show. Production's good. You could definitely tell there's some kind of working agreement with the UFC because there was UFC let footage of. Uh, of uh, let Eagle FC use UFC footage because they did a video package on Habib going into the UFC Hall of Fame. And they just called it the Hall of Fame, not the UFC Hall of Fame. But oh, okay. it definitely, like, okay. like for all the things, like, I tell it, like, like, I kept keep saying to people, this is just going to be a UFC feeder league-ish, you know, or they're going to have a good working relationship. And everybody would be like, nah, Habib's going to. Got blah blah blah, and you know, and all this. They're like, nope, the, just little stuff. When you're watching a show, that can prove that what I'm saying is, yeah, you know, the, these guys aren't there to challenge the UFC. They're there to be complimentary, be a compliment to the UFC. So, but uh, but yeah. But other than that, uh, good show. They got a, their next one in a. Uh, Next one in Miami is coming up in May. So they got they uh, signed Junior Dos Santos. He's going to fight Jorgen De Castro in the main event, and they also signed okay. Hector Hector Lombard and Tiago Silva, and those two are going to fight on that card. So, like I said, oh just my. you know a lot of a lot of ex UFC guys, a lot of veterans, you know, you know, the kind of people you would want on a card like this that'll get people to tune tune in. So yeah, it's, you know nothing wrong with it.
0: No, um, I, I I just for me it was I was there's so much going on this weekend that uh, I, um, I had a kind of a busy week on uh, social media if anybody listening uh, doesn't know and so kind of needed a break this weekend um, <laughs> I uh, yeah I, I've talked about it enough I'm not going to get into it here uh, but yeah that uh, it sounded like a good show I noticed Impakasan got. Impa, I sound like Henry's Hassan Impa Kasangani. He DeSonghane. lost a split DeSonghane. decision. Yeah, he lost a split yeah. decision
1: to Ramon Magom, Magomedliev. Uh, that was a really good fight. That was back and forth. Was it? Kind of, kind of, could have got on either, either way. Yeah. If uh, I mean, you know, there's there's some stuff worth going back and checking out. Check it out,
0: you know, if you if you missed anything, it was it so. Was, it was, Magomed Magomedliev is a real prospect. You know, he's oh, ten God. and one now. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's a guy probably like and and Kunayev too uh the heavyweight guy. Yeah. Um they, those are guys I can see UFC you know want yeah, to have a I look mean, at. I
1: I could see UFC just signing Kunayev because he was he was on uh, the last edition of the contender series and they passed over giving him a contract but now I could just see them signing them outright outright but yeah. at worst I could see I could see both these guys coming up on
0: contender series this year. Yeah, yeah. Um all right, so that was that and then we got the um we had the UFC. And uh this was uh the prelims. I mean, we're we're just fantastic and and even the early main card fights were really good. And then uh you know, and then I of course had to jinx jinx the main event by uh, saying that violence is about to be unleashed. And ESPN decided to put that on the screen. And we proceeded to see one of the worst main events that we've seen in UFC, probably since Tiago Santos' last main event. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Uncle I have you know did what he had to do that's basically all you can say um to get the win i mean it was not pretty but he clearly won um i uh you know they just neither guy really wanted to engage and they just kind of stayed at distance and i don't know like there just wasn't a lot here and and god i the i think the guy that won the most out of this um might have been jamal hill because you know, I don't think anybody wants to see Magomed Ankalaev get a title shot coming off of this fight. So you know, maybe Jamal Hill kind of shoots up the rankings. I don't know. What do you What did you think?
1: Uh, I mean, the biggest winner out of winners out of this were Jan Belkovich and, and uh, Alexander Rakic because now whenever they whenever their fight gets rebooked, which is possibly for May or June, like that's going to be a clear clear title eliminator fight right there. Okay. Right there. Ankalaev. I mean, eight straight wins, but this is not the type of performance that gets you a title shot at all. At all. It was a bad fight. Very lackluster. He, he just did enough to win, to win the fight. I mean, if you, if you want to secure yourself a title shot, you need to go out there and be like Jared cannon here. A few, few weeks you know, when we saw him at the pay-per-view, yeah. just, just obliterate your guy. and, you tell Dana White, I'm next, I'm next, you know, but you can't be winning, winning fights like, like this, where you, where you barely play any offense. I mean, Uncle I have really – he's really not a big offensive fighter. He, he tends to stay more relaxed and and more of a counter fighter. And Santos has not been the, been the same since his, his knee and leg injury injuries. He's lost a step since then. It's almost like he doesn't have any confidence in throwing those kicks like he used to in the past. He tried a few times, but it's just not with the volume that w- – that was there in the past. And, and, you know, it seems like he's lost some power a little bit. He did have Uncle I have almost finished at one point, but, uh, but just not ran out of time. But other than that, I was it at was, the end of the second round, the right? Second round, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, just yeah. other than that, it was just kind of a clear Uncle I win and really boring and lackluster main event.
0: So did you think it was going to be like what I said it was going to be, or was I out to lunch and thinking that was possible? I mean, you weren't out to lunch thinking it was possible,
1: but if it okay. was going to happen, it had to happen in the first two, first two rounds. If it wasn't yeah. over in the first two rounds, it was going to go all five. I can't remember exactly what yeah. I said. I, I can't remember exactly what I said in my preview other than I thought Santos was going to be able to pull off the upset. But but I, I, I thought I might have said, like, this fight could end up being boring, and it ended up being away. I, th- I
0: I think we talked when we talked about it last week, I think we kind of said that like, it could be like, we could just get this super explosive finish or it could just be like a dud fight. And of course we got the dud. Um, and uh yeah so that i mean yeah not not much else to say there uh uncle i've got the win um and as we'll talk about a little bit later this is their last uh fight in the uh, apex for a while um for and a month. Uh, yeah. good for that yeah for a month. yeah yeah because because they're on the road on the road for the next three shows including uh one pay-per-view um well they're back in or no oh, yeah they're in jacksonville for that pay-per-view Um, and then, uh, you know, the rest of the card, I mean, we'll go over the results real quick, but we'll, we'll do our, uh, our three stars. And, uh, I think I did the last time. So. I'll let you do yours. I asked Twitter for some help because I—I uh, uh, I mean, I kind of had a feeling where I was going to go, but I wanted to see where what everyone else was going to say. And uh, but I'll let you go first, and I've got a few backups in case you you pick the same ones out. Yeah, I was trying not to pick the same same ones as you, so I thought because
1: I saw sure saw that, but uh, I'm going to go with you know maybe three different ones. Uh, first, first I'm going to go. Uh, this one might you know sound a little crazy, considering he didn't score a finish but he scored a win, but my first, start, I'm gonna go with Alex Pereira, just uh I was gonna pick that too, yeah so so I'm just i mean i mean, you know I had him win in all three rounds. there was a lot of people who were very, vehemently disagreed disagreed with that, oh. but uh yeah, I just I don't wanna get in get get into that, but what I saw was him landing more and landing better and hurting Silva Silva a lot obviously like people wanted to give Silva the first round because of the t- because of the takedown the takedown where he did absolutely nothing and then Pereira had him rocked rocked at the end of the first and probably if there was maybe another 10 15 seconds it might have gotten the finish at the end of the first second round of the clearly thought was Pereira and obviously the third round was definitely Pereira Pereira because he almost finished Silva a few times but uh this is kind of fight Pereira ne- needs It's it's also it also shows yeah. that that uh you know maybe like if you're you know if your foot was at a gas pedal and you were trying to go to a hundred. And you were trying, and you're at the point where like you're going 85 with him. Maybe now you slow down to 70 with him. Maybe not give him a ranked opponent next. to Give him a guy, another guy on the level of Silva and and himself at at the moment. Just you know, the obviously the build, the build is to to do Pereira and Adesanya. And you know, the clock's also ticking because of age, age for Pereira, Pereira. But it was this was felt like a kind of win. When you kind of need, you can't necessarily. Sometimes when you just finish guys in the first and second round constantly, you don't know know what you know where you're at. So this is a good fight for you. Good fight for him. Uh, second star, I'm gonna go with Miranda Maverick. She absolutely dominated Sabina Mazo, just taking her down. A whole bunch of times in the fight. In the fight, uh, she, uh, I mean, she took the fight on like 10 days' notice, but you couldn't tell by watching the way, where she was. She was just absolutely dominant. Mazo, it's a big win. Big win for Maverick because she had lost two in a row to Macy Barber, who she beat, by the way. I, I don't know why everybody thinks that. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's only a loss because we had so many competent judges. She, I mean, most people thought Maverick won that fight, and then she lost Aaron Blanchfield. But uh, it's a good bounce back win for her. And uh, my third star, I'm gonna go with Song Yedong. Uh Knocked out Marlon Marais in in two minutes. I mean, if you see Marais, you know recent history, him being finished early isn't a surprise. His his chin's gone. His UFC career may be over. His whole career may be over. Who knows? But uh, yeah. it's a big, big win for Songy Dong. I mean, first round knockout. Guy's twenty four years old. Years old. He wants to restart the team Alpha Male rivalry with Dominic Cruz. Was calling Dominic Cruz a Cruz out. Didn't know he, you know, still working on his English, but he knew enough English to call call out Dominic Cruz, which is great. Great.
0: So uh, <laughs> yeah. So so big things coming for Songy Dong. Yeah, uh, the only I wanted to say about the Pereira fight, I actually gave him a 10-8 in the third. I I think I was one of two media members to do that. And I mean, you know, 29-28, for Pereira was not like a terrible score Uh, I I saw a lot of people scored that you know given the first round to Silva I I disagree with it but I mean it's not you know everyone said it was close and then the late flurry kind of I mean Paul Felder used my exact phrasing you know I'm sure it was just coincidence he didn't see my tweet or anything but um, I mean it was literally that flurry that kind of sealed the round I mean it was a close round before that and then that you know that, that cut to me sealed it and then the second was clearly Pereira and the third was a dominant round for Pereira. So um, I'd agree with that. So my three, um, you know, I had asked for feedback. Um, Our our buddy Dean Jenkinson, you know, who co-hosted with us on a pay-per-view recap a couple months ago, um, he just submitted one that was probably going to be my first pick anyways. And then uh, our buddy James Brown said this, repeated a Khalil Roundtree um, against uh, Carl Robertson. Um, That was a... Uh, Dominant performance by Khalil His leg kicks were just I made the comment They sounded like gunshots In the first round And then He just uh, He got him to the ground And he hit him with i think the hardest body kick i've ever seen in my life because he it was almost an illegal kick because if he would have hit him in the head like it would have been illegal because he was kind of almost trying to get up and then he hit him and then he just crumpled like it was just it was almost like a soccer kick it was just brutal so yeah just total violence and then he cut this just amazing promo afterwards where he was like in tears and he just talked about his family life and why he does this and what brings the violence out of him and his It's just like, oh my God, like if you watch this. You, you, if you're not a, Like I said If you're not a fan of his I'm probably not a fan of you Because I they just I'm just the most amazing Baby face You know Go into pro wrestling terminology
1: um, And then okay, my second but, star okay, is Drew okay. I wanted to Yeah This is where, when I was telling you Something beforehand That I wanted to get into And I knew we were going to Sure up, I knew we were going to Bring up Khalil Roundtree In in the in this So I was waiting on Waiting on you But uh, Yeah But I want to go ahead And do this Do this now And get it out of the way Sure Did you see some Sean Strickland on Twitter today. Talking about Clue the uh, Roundtree.
0: No, no, I'm, I, I I'm, I'm, you know, I might as well make this announcement before you get into it. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Twitter slash Facebook slash Messenger slash Slack, whatever. Five minutes an hour. That's it. I'm limiting myself from now on. So if you need to talk to me and you want to talk to me for longer than that five minutes, you need to, like, call me or something. You, anybody else out there listening. Um, so, yeah, I'm not on Twitter and I don't care what Sean Strickland had to say, but I will listen to what you okay. tell me he said. No, no, because because I want to <laughs> say that because Clue yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Khalil know, also it's news.
1: Khalil also was backstage talking to him, talking about he broke down in tears talking about his mental health issues and about suicide, about suicide and all that. And Sean Strickland made some comments on Twitter today. And I'm gonna start off by saying I don't care like to anybody listening, this might some of you might find what I'm about to say controversial or not, not. But what after what Sean Strickland said today on Twitter, the UFC has to fire Sean Strickland there's no there is zero excuse for keeping him on the roster at all at all I do I think they will will I don't think they will they should at worst suspend him and they should never give him a title shot but here's what he said here's what he said on a you know he he quote he Put up a he put up the video of Khalil Roundtree crying, talking about his mental health and his exact quote that he tweeted it says "Gayest shit I have ever seen, and I love bi women, so I've seen a lot of gay." Yeah, you're really special, a little spe- a special little snowflake. This man is the definition of PC beta male. You would all hate him. Seriously, being in the same room as him makes me cringe. And apparently, he doesn't like Khalil Roundtree. They might have had an incident or two, but he. He kept going on and on about round, round tree, round tree, but, uh, But, yeah, but that tweet right there, like, like that has, you know, say what you will want to about cancel culture, blah, blah, blah. These days, these days, a lot of that stuff, they're going after people in the past. This is in the present. This is something that happened today. And it's still on Twitter. He I mean, there's got to be repercussions for saying for saying some of the stuff he did. Also, because he's making fun of the fact that Khalil Roundtree was talking about his mental health health issues and talking about killing himself, killing himself. There's things you do not go after somebody for. You don't we talked about about it, you know last week week before Colby Covington going after Dustin Poirier's kid kid how you don't go after kids. You also do not go after somebody over their mental health because you do not know what that what going after somebody's mental health could do to that person. You could actually send that person over the edge to doing something bad to themselves. So, you know, you know, I don't I don't care what anybody thinks. Thinks USC needs to get rid of Sean Strickland after that today. It's just it was absolutely unbelievable. And if you, you know, Paul, if you want to take you know some of your five five minutes to go see the stuff he said, like it was, it's sickening, and it shouldn't should never been said. Uh, he,
0: I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm. I I mean, it's disgusting. Yeah, and like like you said, I mean, this wasn't like 20 years ago. This wasn't five years ago. This was today. Yeah, you can't and tweet, you uh, can't
1: be tweeting stuff out like that.
0: What was it? What was it like before the internet? When you wanted to insult someone, you said it to their face. It created a bunch of women. Like what? How is this guy employed? I, uh, I just, I'm disgusted. And I mean, and you know what? We all have issues. You know, um, I had issues this weekend that i was dealing with and you know if i would have saw something like this i mean it would have made it worse and there's people that are going through this right now that are reading this there's people that saw what khalil said and were inspired and then you got to deal with this moron like no no i'm i'm sorry uh they yeah they need to cut him and you know what he's a good fighter he's a really good fighter but he's not a ticket mover and he's definitely not worth the trouble and uh you can't be promoting that I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: and 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 I've said it after I said it after Sean Strickland's last win. Like I don't know how you could give that guy a title shot because you got to worry about what he's going to say publicly. And yeah. here's here's I mean here's his last, last
0: post fight promo was relatively tame, but yeah, he's proud of this. I mean, yeah. you know, and 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 the thing is, and he's got people backing him up, like you know, which is even worse. And so it brings out the worst in UFC fans. You know that are actually backing this idiot. So. Yeah. So wow. But anyway, wow. I just I need okay. I needed to yeah, get that. No, ran, fair
1: enough. Ran off because after I saw that, I was just, yeah. I was I'm I'm dumbfounded. I'm dumbfounded by the fact that that tweet is still still up. You know
0: that. So so do you think they? I mean, you said they need to. Do you think they will fire him?
1: No, I don't think. Uh, like I said, I don't think they will. Uh, I mean, they, no. I mean, they they've got Mike they, Perry until. Yeah, they've got to do something about. They've got to do something yeah. about that because that's just. I mean, yeah. That's here's the don't thing though,
0: I'll tell you this. You don't tweet. Stuff I'll tell like you this. That. Sorry, I tell you this. He, if they say, oh, you know, like you, you know, you need to, we're going to fire you unless you issue an apology. This guy's not going to apologize. No chance. He's not apologizing for any of this because he believes it. Like you can tell when someone is just screwing around like a Colby Covington, and you know, some of what he says is true, some of it isn't. Maybe he's living the gimmick or whatever. This guy's a freaking moron and he believes everything he's saying and uh And that's even worse, you know, like he's not doing this to try to stir up shit and try to make money. he's just spouting off whatever random nonsense comes into his head like i said and uh and yeah, he's a ticking time bomb is what he is yeah,
1: like i said he it's very clearly that
0: him and Khalil
1: have some issues yeah. from some- from something somewhere, and he doesn't like it that's fine, saying what he said said is you know is bad. You know, you know, you don't use the yeah. words "gay" and whatever, whatever to you know to no. describe. So, well, unless you're in your Florida. Situation. Yeah, yeah, no comment. But uh, yeah, but but like I said, I think you know the combination of what he said and the fact that he's mocking somebody's mental health and somebody's cries, oh. cries about you know possibly about thinking about killing himself several times. That's that's unacceptable. It's absolutely unacceptable. You it never took do. so
0: much courage. took so much courage for Khalil Rountree to open up like he did. And he probably helped a lot of people by talking the way he did. And then this guy mocks it. Like, yeah, fuck him. Um, okay, my second star is uh, Drew Dober. And really, it probably would have been Terrence McKinney, um, you know, if, if uh, you know, the fight had of, you know, gone differently because the two of them both just put on a great performance. 90 seconds in, I thought Terrence McKinney was like the next big superstar. And I even tweeted out something that was literally just meant for you and nobody else reading it would even have a clue what I was talking about. And then it turned out I was an idiot because Drew Dober finished him, you know, like a minute later. But, uh, I, you know, I said $8 shaking my damn head. Like, that's it. That was my whole tweet. I could have been talking about the price of beer. I could have been talking about the price of popcorn at a movie theater. Nobody knows, but you knew. Um, and uh, anyways, um, Drew Dober, um, you know just came back from almost being finished a couple times uh you know like in the first 90 seconds and then he ended up finishing McKinney um you know just a similar flurry and McKinney was just overwhelmed Dober looked a lot bigger than McKinney here um I don't know if McKinney is just it's just a weird body type or something but he looked like a weight class smaller to me uh maybe just doesn't cut a lot of weight I don't know but um Dober you know withstood the pressure and and just look great and so yeah I give him my second star and then uh my third star like the one that was suggested to me was Yudong Song you already picked them I wasn't really thinking about him so I was going to go with Cody Brundage uh he did get a performance bonus he got a submission guillotine choke in uh three three and a half minutes but the other thing was it was a nice impressive win at middleweight you know moved to seven and two But he's tweeting after the fight. I just love that. They're showing his tweets on the screen. So, you know, superstar in my book. You know, he has a tough fight against a real tough opponent, Dolce, Lungy, and And then, you know, he's tweeting like a few minutes later. So good for him. And uh, love guys like that. So, yeah, those are my three stars and uh why don't you uh take us through the uh the res- these results uh in case, including okay, the fights we, we haven't talked about yet
1: all right uh starting from the first fight on uh uh show open with a light heavyweight fight Azamat Mirzakhanov uh finished Tafon Nichukwi in the third round, 44 seconds into the third round, with a flying knee. Uh, Nichukwi looked like he was winning the first two rounds. Uh, Scorecards were even on two rounds, yep. on two cards, and he was up 2018 on the other. Uh, other but uh Mirzakanov he was kind of just fighting the Chukwue's fight in the first two rounds but came out third round uh, landed a they said called it a flying knee it was more of like a jumping knee jumping knee but it, yeah. Yeah, it landed perfectly and uh knocked the Chukwue out and that was all all she wrote, uh, yeah, good finisher, Mirza Kanov, Kano, Kano, uh, moves to 11 and 0. Uh, next we had a bantamweight fight. 42 year old Guido Canetti finished Chris Moutinho, uh, in the first round, two minutes and seven seconds. Uh, Canetti was just hitting him with all sorts of bombs, <laughs> and uh, fight got stopped standing. You know, he uh, Moutinho was rocked and he looked out on his feet and a lot of people were kind of complaining about the stoppage at the time, but I thought it was a good stoppage, you know, regardless. Uh, Kennedy just hitting him with all sorts of punches. And 42 years old, and the guy was 2-6 and six coming in in the UFC, coming into that fight. Probably shouldn't have been there, but, but I think they were just giving him a chance to fit, fight out his contract. But uh, got a win here, so we'll probably see him again at least. Uh, then, then next we had the middleweight fight. Cody Brundage submitted – Dalcha first round, three minutes forty-one seconds to the guillotine. Uh, Lungiambula was just pounding away on Brundage, like probably could have yeah. finished him like two or three, two or three times. His was all sorts of big shots and big knees. Uh, referee let it go on Brundage you know, did a Hell Mary where he just grabbed the neck, all of a sudden he pulled guard and all of a sudden there was a tight guillotine choke locked in and Lungian Bula tapped and uh, yeah. Yeah, great another great comeback win comeback win on the show. There's uh, quite a few of those few of those Mirzakonov and Dober. Uh then we had women's flyweight fight talked about talked about Miranda Maverick submitted Sabina Mazzo second round with the rear naked choke. Uh then we had featherweight fight, Damon Jackson submitted uh, Camoela Kirk, uh, second round with an arm triangle choke. Jackson just dominated this this fight, in the, especially in the second round. He took it down early and just was on top and just would not give up until he got that got submission. So a very good win for, for Jackson. He's 4-1 since returning to the UFC and was calling for a top 15 guy. Then we had a weight fight, Javid Bassarat, uh won a unanimous decision over Trevin Jones, 30 27, 30 27, 29 28. was just more volume on the feet. Uh did better. Did better overall. I had him win it all went in two of the three rounds, but uh he looked good. And at the same exact time he he was fighting here in Las Vegas. Yes. Las Vegas. Yes. His brother was was headlining a card card, uh, in Spain and his brother won by second round submission then they were fighting at the exact same time in two completely different countries I thought that was a Cool, cool thing. He was asking Paul Felder. Paul and, Felder had the results yeah, from yeah. his brother's fight in the cage, in the cage. And he was asking how 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 did my brother do? And they're like, Oh, he won. So yeah. it was just a great moment. Do
0: You want me to tell you? Yeah, okay, I got <laughs> yeah. it right here. And, yeah, I got yeah, it right here. And he okay. did, and he did the suspense like Michael Buffer. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a that was a, Buffer. that was a fun mo- fun moment. Maybe. and his
1: brother is like eight and 9 and zero, and is eleven yeah. zero. We'll, we'll like, be
0: seeing him soon.
1: Yeah, we'll probably yeah. be seeing him on Contender Series this year and this year uh then we had a women's flyweight fight jj aldrich uh unanimous decision over jillian robertson 37 30 27 scorecards all around aldrich's striking was just a key difference robertson threw a lot of strikes but didn't land on a whole bunch and she couldn't really get the fight to the ground which was going to be where she won the fight but uh yeah good win for aldrich uh we had a welterweight fight matthew simsberger uh Gave AJ Fletcher his first career loss, unanimous decision, twenty nine twenty eight all across the board. Fletcher dominated the first and won it. He got he got it down early and ha- spent the entire first round on top. But Simmelsberger with his striking and his his re- wrestling won the second and the third rounds. So those are your prelims. Uh, your main card that we talked about most of it. Uh, opened with middleweight fight, Alex Pereira over Bruno Silva, Silva so unanimous decision. Then we had uh, Drew Dober. First-round TK over Terrence McKinney. Khalil Roundtree, second-round TK over Carl Roberson. The one fight we didn't talk about on the main card, but, but uh, Sadiq Yousef, unanimous decision over Alex Caceres, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much of a, much to write, uh, write about that fight, but uh, Youssef was just better on the feet all, all around, and his wrestling was actually much better than Caceres. So, so yeah, that was that. And then we had Song Dong. Knock it out, Marlon Moraes in two minutes and six seconds. And then Magomed Akalayev, unanimous decision. Tiago Santos, 49
0: 46, 49 46, 48 47. Yeah. Um, I uh, I just, well, there's something I wanted to add about one of these fights that you were talking about. Oh yeah. The Guido Canetti, Chris Mattino fight. Um, the, it was funny because the way that he finished Mattino was almost the exact same as Sean O'Malley, uh, in his last fight where, you know, like he, it was a standing TKO, you know, second, second time in a row where he was just, he wouldn't go down. And then the ref just kind of had to stop it because this guy just takes too much punishment for his own good. Um, but the fact that Canetti did it in like two minutes and it took Sean O'Malley almost three full rounds that says something about Guido Canetti. And Eddie um, and uh, doo, doo, doo. yeah the Semlisberger AJ Fletcher fight I got a little bit of um, uh, flack for um, my scores there uh, somebody had it 2018 Fletcher uh, after uh, the second round and uh, was giving me hell about it But
1: yeah well apparently oh. a bunch of people had Pereira Silva two zero Silva
0: after the second round so that's Jesus. where I was getting hell from those got you know. Well, I got so I put ten nine Pereira late flurry stole the close round and that one made ESPN. So I got two replies. First guy says, "What laughing my ass off." Second guy tells me to get better glasses. So, um, yeah, not as bad as but, the ones you had, but...
1: Those were a lot nicer than not the exactly. ones I got. I got,
0: yeah. I got a few Get nice- better glasses is I, a I little got,
1: something. I got a few nice ones in there, and those nice people I interacted with, and they're like, wow, wow, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm interacting with this guy who's on TV, and he's cool as shit. That's what they...
0: they, they well, the guy... Tell me well, privately, the guy that, so... The, oh, well, that's cool. Well, the guy who said 2018 um, Fletcher actually ended up being pretty nice, because at the end, I... You know, he says... Fletcher's piecing him up in the third round. He might take it. And then I'm like, well, you had him at 2018. He's not going to take it <laughs> uh, if if you were right. And and he said, oh, maybe you were right then. And sure enough. And then he said, hey, good job. You got the score right. And I'm like, thanks, man. I've been doing this well. It's subjective uh- <laughs> and it's an opinion thing. And just. Yeah. Just. Uh, That's what people don't get. You know. Yeah. You know. it's cool. At- like you said, I. You put it so well. I mean, if you're gonna be nice, you'll interact with them. But if you're gonna be a dick, then you're just gonna ignore if them. If you're gonna send me send me DMs, DMs telling me to get
1: off meth, I'm going to to <laughs> I'm just like I said, I just I just hit block on the block on those and don't yeah and don't. Maybe he meant to send it. it to Sean Strickland. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> Mr. One <laughs> Follower telling me telling me to get off the meth. Yeah. sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, I had uh, I had one of those guys uh, I was arguing with for a little while during that whole uh, debacle we talked about on the show last week, and then I, I had a look at his thing. Following forty three followers zero. Yeah, that was an Insta block. Yeah, um, of, or but, mute actually. I took I took your advice. I didn't block him. I muted him.
1: Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Most of the most of the people that reply, like I look at some of the profiles for most of the people that yeah that reply. The ones that reply with insults generally don't generally have you know the. You know, 43 following, following 210, followers seven, you know, stuff.
0: Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then account established. You know, February 2022. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, The ones. The ones that will actually that will actually respond respectfully, or or you know, they might start off seeming disrespectful, but but if you respond to them nice, and they they'll respond back back to you nice, and actually have conversations with, and at the end, and you're you know, pretty like, oh wow, yeah, y'all y'all are both cool. You know, cool. Like you know, those guys those guys have a lot of followers for the for the most part. I've seen some.
0: I've seen some people with a bunch of followers just be absolute dickheads and and yeah sure. yeah well there's a few of those yeah they and I, i've encountered them as well and they just got their army that just backs up everything they do and it's best to avoid those people too yeah yeah the, um so the, that's, the
1: uh, that's that's why the people who send me stuff like like on meth meth those dms i'll post yeah. them so
0: that way my army can go after them after them so there you go there you go. Uh, performance bonuses went to Yidong Song, Khalil Roundtree, Cody Brundage, and uh, Azamat uh for the 50000 bonus. So maybe one of us should have picked him as a star, but oh wow uh so we have another ufc coming up this week and as we said it's they're back on the road uh three straight shows uh they're back in london for the first time in uh three years as you mentioned in your column uh almost was three years ago this week that they were last in london uh, they were supposed to go to london about just over a year ago but then that fight ended up getting uh that show ended up getting canceled uh but they're back now um and uh they got a big main event uh tom aspinall who is a you know the heavyweight contender everyone's talking about uh, is going up against former bellator champion alexander Volkov, who is uh you know he's a stud um you know he's got three losses in ufc and they're all two big names Derek lewis curtis blades and cyril gone he's also got some big wins fabrice over alistair Overeem, Marcin tabura um i uh I'm I'm intrigued by this fight I mean because if Volkov can withstand the early pressure like we we have not seen Tom Aspinall in a long fight so um, and this is scheduled for five rounds obviously being a main event um, but you know he's got four straight finishes in UFC he's got like basically like all his finishes have been like first round or early in the second in his whole career so we don't know what we're going to get from him after five minutes so uh this i love this fight what do you oh, I, what about you Ryan?
1: Oh, I do too. And uh, I don't want to use the term gatekeeper on Volkov because he's he's a lot better than, you know, a gate than what you say, say gatekeeper. So I'm more I'll rephrase it. He's a title fight gatekeeper. When you look at gatekeeper, it's <laughs> like the guy who's like, okay, if you beat this guy, you can jump into jump into the rankings and all this. No, Alexander Volkov is if you're going to fight for a UFC title, title, that's a name you want on your resume because it means a lot look at the guys he's lost to Cyril Ghosn interim champion Derek Lewis fought twice for the title Curtis Blades on the on the cusp, you know, and Volkov is like on the cusp too, all the, all the time. Like you know, it, yeah, any point, Alexander Volkov is one or two fights, one or two wins away from getting a title shot, and he could very well, you know, get a title shot if he beats Aspinall here. You know, you stopped stopped a young prospect, the the guy who's four and and0 and rising up the division. A division all of a sudden is like man, you know what we need we need another heavyweight contender contender Let's throw Volkov in the mix. So he's always gonna be in that spot So Tom Aspinall if he's gonna fight for if he's gonna fight for a UFC heavyweight title and become a UFC heavyweight champion Alexander Volkov is a name he needs on his resume and this to be quite quite a challenge for him uh, Aspinall's talented Volkov has been around for a long time and he knows so many different ways to win a fight, and he's very, very good. I think he's a lot better than he gets credit for, For and uh, this is going to be a very good fight. Uh, I do like Aspinall. Aspinall just because, I mean, young, hungry guy, you know, but it's going to be a tough one for him.
0: It is because, I mean, we saw we saw him get finished by Derek Lewis very, very late in the third round. Um, but other than that, you're, you're going back almost 10 years to when he got knocked out by Vitaly Milnikov in Bellator. And that's like, you know, that's it. Like, you know, I mean, he had a loss real early in his career to Maxime Grishin, Um but. Uh, You know, most of the time he's losing by decision, but he's not getting finished. So, uh, but Aspinall's got a ton of tools. He can submit guys. He can knock them out. Um, I just, you know, and I think, you know, he's going to have that crowd like going nuts for him. Um, And I mean, unfortunately, Volkov is going to have people rooting against him for reasons that have nothing to do with him. Um, So... Yeah. Uh this this could be like a memorable moment. And, you know, UFC's return to London. Um, I'm super looking forward to this. I tell yes, you. Um, this entire card. Too long. Is, this entire card is great. Oh you I mean, uh, know It is, it is. And I mean, and we'll you know, we'll do our three fights that we're most looking forward to, but you know, and you'll run down the whole card and you're gonna see like there's a lot to choose from. Um I mean I I think we should do it like, you know, normally we'll do our three, but I, I think we should do like one to one to one, you know, kind of thing. And the one I'm looking forward to outside the main event, um, is, uh, patty pimlet and rodrigo vargas i think this is going to be his coming out show um you know he's 17 and 3 vargas is 12 and 4 but vargas is not a great fighter he lost his first two ufc fights he picked up a win over a guy that probably shouldn't have been in the ufc i think this is a perfect showcase fight for pimlet and uh, i think he's gonna get a first round stoppage and that place is gonna come freaking unglued I I just I love this fight and I I just can't wait to see it and to see his promo afterwards little I mean, Owen Hart I mean it it's
1: it's definitely a fight that he should win and should win impressively so i mean if anything other than patty getting a finish will be disappointing but uh i mean we've seen we've seen moments like this so it's up to patty to step up to the plate and hit yep. a home run i mean this fight's this fight is designed perfectly for him I mean, for him but uh you know sometimes he's still got to perform so but uh yeah that's, that's What's your what's your next one? Uh i'm i got quite a few but there's one fight that's okay. buried in the middle of the prelim that honestly should be on the main card. Main card. Oh, yeah. I, I know
0: what you're going with. Jack Shore
1: yep, and Tamir yep, Valiev. Yep. I mean, Jack Shore is 50 oh, 0 God. and he's fantastic. And and uh, uh, there's a lot of great fighters on this on this card. Uh, Jack Shore might yep. actually be the most talented one out of all of them. And Tamir Valiev is a great fighter as well. So, I mean, just that for that fight to be the fourth fight. On the show when it could easily be like, you know, I mean, you know, third, you know, third fight from top co-main even, you know,
0: that's just, I mean, that's going to be a, be a hell of a fight right there. When we did our, when we did our draws earlier this year, I think there's quite a few fighters on this card that were on my team. Um, I I think, I I can't, I
1: can't Uh, remember.
0: We had had quite quite a few, few, uh, I'd have to grab my phone, but we had quite a few picks. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. My next one is, uh, is, is, uh, looks like it's going to kick off the main card. Jai Herbert and, or Jai Herbert and Ilya Tapura. I'm sure that was on your list too. Uh, light, lightweight fight. Uh, one guy's 11. Jai, Jai's 11 and three. Ilya Tapura is 11 and 0. Tapuria we've talked a lot about on this show. Um, he is, uh, he's a beast and uh you know he's looking for his third straight fourth straight win in ufc he beat ryan hall in his last fight he beat damon jackson who just had that impressive win this week um i uh sky's the limit for this dude and uh i i just he's must see tv for me
1: oh yeah he's 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 great uh
0: he's having to move up to lightweight for this fight
1: because remember he had to pull out yep. a couple months ago uh featherweight he was going to miss weight and uh Poor Jai Herbert, I feel bad for that guy. He <laughs> came into the UFC 10 and 1 and was Cage Warriors lightweight champion, lightweight champion, but his UFC debut was against Francisco Trinaldo, longtime veteran Trinaldo finished him. Then he gets to fight Renato Moicano next who's who's great and Moikano submits him. Then his third fight is against Kama Worthy, who's big been a big knockout artist. but uh, Herbert finished him in the first round, gets his first UFC win UFC win, everything's looking good, and now he gets Ilia a guy who's eleven and zero and was being touted as a as a potential featherweight title challenger and even a featherweight champion. I feel bad for Jai Harvard. He
0: just has not been given an easy path no. to start his UFC career. Um. Okay. So what's your next fight and why is it Arnold Allen and Dan Hooker? Yeah, it is Arnold Allen and Dan Hooker. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, I have a, I have
1: a third, I mean, I could, this entire card, I know. I'm I know, you all, could, It's you, like, yeah. it's, it's great. It's great. But Arnold Allen, uh, t- Guy, The guy, all, all the guy does is win. He's won like 10 in a row. He's 8-0 in the UFC. Uh, just, just, he's great. And then Dan Hooker, going back to featherweight, uh, he fought at featherweight for a long time. Moved up to lightweight because he was getting sick of cutting the featherweight, plus he was only having mi- mixed success. Uh, he had great success at lightweight, but got to the point where, you know, fighting Dustin Poirier and fighting Michael Chandler and fighting Islam Makhachev—those guys who are bigger than him—I mean, he was giving yeah. up size, so featherweight's better for him. Uh, you know, he he wants to fight for a title. He doesn't. He wants to fight the top guys, guys. You know, and uh, fighting Arnold Allen for your first fight back at featherweight. I mean, it doesn't get much. Much easier than that. Uh, if Hooker wins, he's already right in that right that mix with those guys. And then if Allen wins, I mean, it's a Hooker's a big name name on the resume. You know, it'd be nine and zero in that title contention. Which yeah. Is, uh, man, feel you have to feel good for Dan Hooker. This will be the first time in two years that he'll be able to fight and immediately go home to New Zealand to his family. Instead of yeah, having to quarantine nice. somewhere, yeah. so so it's a kind of a, like hopefully a, they it, book a show there soon. Yeah, I mean, and I think that I think mentally that'll help Dan Hooker too. Probably this fight, he'd probably be a little bit more yeah relaxed and comfortable. And you know, he and he had a uh, hopefully he had a uh, he had what was supposed to be a full training camp. Hopefully it was a proper training camp. Camp. Don't know what what life has been like in New Zealand, but like I said, at least he gets to go right back afterwards. So good for him and his family.
0: So I, you, if you, anybody that knows me probably thinks my third one would be Mr. Finland, but he looked so bad in his last fight. I'm not really looking forward to that one as much as I love his uh, topology profile pick. Um, I am going to go with uh light heavyweight fight on the prelims. Uh, best nickname in MMA, the bear Jew, Paul Craig and Nikita Krylov. We talk, I talked about Jamal Hill earlier and how he was close to a title shot. Well, people forget, like, Paul Craig submitted him in the first round in his last fight. So this guy you know, is probably, he might be the most underrated fighter in any division um, in UFC. Like this guy is incredible and uh, he's fighting Nikita Krylov, you know, former heavyweight, longtime veteran. Um, I love this fight and, uh, you know, and I expect Craig to just do what he always does and pull off a late submission, but Krylov could finish him. If it goes a distance, Krylov will probably win. Um, you know, Krylov's last three losses are to Magomed Ankalaev. Glover Teixeira and Jan Blukovic, you know, I I mean, this is I I can't believe this fight is on is uh, on the. Prelims, like this well, is a great
1: card. Yeah, it was on the main <laughs> card, but they they switched some stuff around and uh, they moved the okay Herbert and to purify and the McCann and and uh, Molly McCann fight to the main card. I yeah, think Molly problem.
0: McCann is going to be huge in 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 this building. I'm going to love her. Yeah, I think
1: I think in both instances it was it was we took. Guys who aren't from England who were on the main card and moved them down to the prelims and and moved moved it to where all the main card is has has fighters from England on it. So it kind of, you know it's yeah. kind of like. Like no offense to Shamil Durakimov and Sergey Pavlovich, but it's two Russian guys fighting on the main card in England, England. And then you know <laughs> you have Krylov and Craig. Krylov a Ukrainian, Craig a Swedish. You know from oh, from Scotland. Didn't Skyland. even think
0: of that. Oh man, they're,
1: they're on the main card, but you move them down and then you move up fights with Englanders, you know, on the show. I mean it's it's all about the about the local thing. It made sense sense to me. I still would have moved Jack Shore and
0: Tamir Valiev, uh, you know over honestly. yeah because yeah. jack Shores from wales so yeah. I mean, he, he's yeah. gonna be over in the building too yeah so but man that yeah you, know, you didn't even think of krylov being from ukraine and paul craig's scottish like oh my god they're gonna hug after the match paul craig's gonna if he wins he's just gonna put krylov over like a huge star because paul craig is like the best baby face in the world um man i'm looking forward to that now i forgot krylov was ukrainian i'm staring at his flag right now i don't know how i could have not remembered that but Oh, man. OK, so what's your third fight? And then you're just going to go over the rest of the card. Anyways, yeah, as then.
1: much as I would like to for my third fight to be the Gunnar Nelson coming back after after oh, three sure years of yeah. Uh I got to go with the opening fight of the card just because the opening fight of the card might have the best prospect who who has yet to have a UFC fight a fight yet. So we'll put it, put it that way. You know, making his UFC debut, one of the best prospects in the sport, Muhammad mokayev flyweight. You know, he's five and zero and has a no contest in there. But guy, he's when they when they when they signed him, it was a big deal a few months ago. He's fighting Cody Durden, who's coming off a win, but also a win where he made some very bad post fight comments about his opponent being from from china so oh, yeah. Mokhayev was immediately calling for that fight saying he wanted to make dirt and pay for you know talking badly about about opponents and but yeah Mokhayev he he has all the tools to be a flyweight champion and his debut here and that's a fight that really kind of needs to be highlighted and and it got moved to the opening fight because of all this card shuffling but it's gonna it's gonna get the show off to a good start
0: Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, run down the rest of the, card, the rest of the fights.
1: Okay, we have uh, uh, starting the uh, the prelim opener. We have Mohammed Mok- Mokayev, Cody Durden flyweight fight. Then we have a bantamweight fight: Nathaniel Wood against Vince Morales. That should be a solid fight. Nathaniel Wood from England. Uh, he's kind of had his ups and downs in the U- UFC, but but you know, hoping to get a win in front of the crowd, hometown crowd. Uh, women's strawweight fight Corey McKenna against Elise Reed. Then we have the bantamweight fight Jack Shore against Tamir Valiev. Light heavyweight fight Nikita Kralov against Paul Craig. Heavyweight fight, <laughs> heavyweight fight, Shamil Derakhimov against Sergey Pavlovich. And then the uh, headliner on the prelims featherweight fight Mike Grundy against Mr. Finland Makwan Amirkani. Uh, main card, we have a lightweight fight, Jai Herbert against Ilya Tapuria. Women's flyweight fight, Molly McCann against Luana Carolina. Uh, welterweight fight, Gunnar Nelson returning for the first time since September 2019 against Takashi Sato. Lightweight fight, Patty Pimlin against Kazula Vargas. Then we have our co-main featherweight fight, Arnold Allen against Dan Hooker. And then the main event, heavyweight fight, Alexander Volkov against Tom Aspinall
0: that is uh incredible show. Um yeah. I can't wait. And it's yeah. going to be in and front
1: uh, and it's going to be in front of a fantastic crowd
0: on top of that. So yeah.
1: just just London always is. London always yeah, is. It always is, but uh but yeah, yeah, the crowd that hasn't had the U- hasn't had the UFC there in 3 years has had two false false starts cuz of the pandemic and just just yeah, and just a bunch of fighters that really that really are made for england cards and yeah i mean i've been saying we need we need all these shows in front of fans again and this is going to be one of those that shows shows why we need all these fights in front of fans again especially for those for those fighters because because like imagine imagine this card with all these england fighters in an empty building at las vegas It it wouldn't be the same at all
0: Right. So and and as I mentioned a few times this on this show, uh, we will be going back to the road for the next show, which will be in Columbus. And then we've got the pay-per-view in Jacksonville and then they're back at the apex for a while. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully uh, after that run in you know, late April, early May, they'll start running shows on the road again, because I think how do you have you heard anything about ticket sales for London or Columbus? As far as I know, London sold out, and I don't know about Columbus yet. Okay, and London
1: sold out probably at pretty good ticket prices, eh? Probably so. I mean, I can't say for sure it's sold out, but uh, but the but they they have never had a problem selling out London in the past, and we're no. talking about three three years of pent up demand coming coming with you know, and then you got just a card that appeals to the appeals to the local crowd so yeah and plus you know there's the last no, show there's no restrictions or anything over in england at all so so it's you know it's life is back to normal over there and you know, back to like get i guess as normal as it's gonna get
0: uh, gonna get yeah yeah i mean we'll see some masks i'm sure but not nothing like yeah no like mandates no, or been like no mandates no. or anything stuff like that so Actually ours, uh, as of tomorrow, we don't have to wear masks anymore. Although certain places, you know, they, yeah. they, they may still require you to.
1: I live in, um, I, live in Tex- uh, I live in Texas. You've never, you, yeah, I know. you've never had to wear a mask here, but some people do. Some people don't, don't, yep. don't. I do. I do depending on the situation. If I'm having to go some, go to like a hospital or a doctor's office, I'm wearing it, but you know, out in my normal everyday life, I'm not, but you know, I'm not worried anymore.
0: Yeah, uh, so yeah, that'll be UFC London. So it is an earlier show than the last few ones, obviously, because it's in London. So it gets underway at 1 Eastern, noon Pacific. Main card will be, what, probably f- 4 Eastern? Fortune time, 3 Central time, 1 on the Century central. Pacific so, Coast. So we will be done by supper time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meal dinner time or whatever you whatever you guys call it down there um so yeah so we're really looking forward to that one um and then there's a bunch of other stuff this weekend as well if if ufc doesn't isn't quite enough for you we got uh, uh cage fury fighting championships on thursday uh we got cage warriors on friday as well as icon fc and and pfl challengers uh all happen well the first two are on ufc fight pass and the third one is on fubu tv Um, man for a, a card nobody watches i sure get a lot of media releases about those stupid challenger shows but uh yeah so that is uh that is the upcoming schedule and uh we've got uh some news hits um looking at your column we've talked about most of the stuff in your column already but anything else you want to highlight uh I would guess the main thing one of the main things was uh Scott
1: Coker uh they had the plan to do Fedor's illumin uh uh Oh yeah. yeah uh retirement fight and they were actually gonna hold in the Red Square in Moscow this year. But that has been <laughs> Yeah <laughs> that has been complete that is now completely off the table. That is not happening. I wonder why. Yeah, there's uh, apparently there's stuff going on over over there that that's going to be you know keep prevent this from happening. We all we all know the reason why it's the right move, of course. But uh, he's supposed to meet with Fedor in mid-April in San Jose, so they'll probably you know they'll come up with new plans and and you know like I've suggested, like I said, said Fedor's retirement fight should really be for be a title title shot. I mean, it's yeah. Bellator heavyweight champion.
0: If he, if he wins and
1: retires as champion, who
0: cares? <laughs> who cares? I Except be- I really, really, really do not need to see Fedor Emelianenko and Chuck Congo. Yeah. Uh, I guess I could skip it. Um, but yeah, that is a fight nobody wants to see. Bader would be fine. Uh Congo, no. But Fedor and, Czech, um, Fedor and Congo never fought. So, I I know, and there's a reason why. Because, uh, you know, we, we already have Xanax. Um, well, che, okay, che,
1: and... Czech Congo knows how to get knocked out, so... <laughs>
0: that's true. That's true.
1: So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he doesn't and do then it. Uh, another... <laughs> Another news thing I'll go into is uh Francis Nagano supposed to be back from his yeah. overseas trip this week this week and supposed to be undergoing knee surgery within days of getting back and uh I don't know if it's going to be before or after but Dana Dana White he's been very vocal about he's having a meeting with Nagano Naganu whenever he gets back and uh yeah I've said all along all along, mm-hmm. I've I've always felt like he was going to sign a new deal, and I think the the recent new contracts with uh, Adesanya and Mazadol are were good news for Nagano. So yeah. uh, so, and I, and I do think the whatever issues are, are are between them, and I think it's more issues with with uh, Nagano's manager than anything than than an actual actual issues with Nagano because because not to get into the whole thing but we know he's represented by CAA who's endeavors big rivals so there's so anybody who's represented by CAA there's always going to be some stuff going on but CAA also represents like Valentina Shevchenko and Joanna so I mean there's there's fighters they have that there's no issues with so it's just it's just it's in particular, Markel Martin, because he's a former UFC employee who, who kind of wants to get back at him for being let go in the sale. But uh, yeah. But I do think they got him in the end. He'll be back, and and we won't have this stupid interim title or anything. You know, he'll be back before the end of the year, because because they really think the knee surgery is not going to keep him out. Keep him out for for a long time. They think he'll be able to find December.
0: All right. So we'll get into the fight announcements. And actually, I want to actually mention something here. We maybe could have talked about it a little bit earlier because I was actually um, and I, it's my fault because I should have sent it on the rundown. But we we got some news. I think it was just after we recorded last week that Bellator is going back to Hawaii. Um, they're doing is it two shows in a row they're or, or is this shows. all the same show? They're, no, they're yeah, doing two, two shows. shows in, they're doing April 22nd and April yeah. 23rd. Right. Yeah, and that's in Hawaii cuz hey, I noticed all the dates you had here for these fights were 23rd. So I didn't I didn't know if that was a misprint or no, if these yeah. fights were all cuz the 23rd looks like a really big card. Yeah, so, yeah, they but, they
1: haven't announced anything for the 22nd, but they've announced a bunch of stuff okay. for the 23rd.
0: So the 23rd is a real big card. Yeah. Um, they're kicking off the featherweight tournament that weekend or sorry. Yeah, the, no, the bantamweight tournament, bantamweight tournament. Yeah. Uh, two fights, Sergio Pettis defending his title against Rafi and Stott, Kyoji Horiguchi and Pachi Mix. And then we've got a lame, a lame, McFarlane. Uh, when she fights in Hawaii, that's my CTV. So like everybody that's listening to this, you should probably watch that show. Um, and then also Chris Cyborg on the card. So, I mean, that's four fights on the main card that, everybody will want to see so that's a really really big show for Bellator um and yeah that's that's a really big uh big thing I think that they're going back to Hawaii uh first time in three years I think um yeah. and Elaine Ale- 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 McFarlane returning for the first time since losing her flyweight title to Juliana Velasquez um and uh, uh I not much else here on the, there's a couple of really big fights actually but most of the rest of them we've talked about already yeah, I'll go over three particular big ones. Uh,
1: yeah, UFC Fight Night on April 30th has a main event. It's going to be Rob Font against Marlon Cheeto Vera. I mean, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a that's it, a really good fight. Font's coming off the loss to uh, Jose Aldo. Vera, Vera has been asking for a main event. He gets one. That's a very good fight. I I do like seeing seeing fighter uh, new fighters in main events getting main event slots. I mean, you got to you got to move these guys up to the main events i know what people will be like i know the social media reaction when the, when they said that that's a headliner is like really Really, that's a headliner, but it's like, yeah, it's a great fight. I mean, it's yeah. top 10 guys. Yes. When you never, whenever you, yeah, it's a main event worthy fight. Yeah, you know. Uh, UFC 274, May 7th. We were talking about that card needing a proper co-main event. It has a proper co-main event now with uh, Michael Chandler against Tony Ferguson. The fight's been talked about for, for a while. Uh, they got the deal done to do that. And then uh UFC 275 on June 11th, uh big middleweight fight, Robert Whitaker against Marvin Vittori. So that's a Wow you know, So those are the those are the three most notable UFC fights that were made over the past week.
0: When you talked uh, earlier about title fight gatekeepers, I mean that's kind of what Robert Whitaker is going to be soon. Uh because you know he's already lost to Adesanya twice. So if Vittori wins, he gets a title shot. If he loses back of the bus and I don't think so, I don't yeah, think Vittori uh, gets a
1: title shot with a win he's got two losses to Adesanya well that's
0: true yeah yeah right yeah but it's like, so, yeah. but, it's, but it's, I mean,
1: it's two big but names, but it's, yeah, it's no, two, it's two guys in similar positions. So it kind of makes sense yeah. for that fight to, that fight to be made. And honestly, when people, when, when Whitaker lost that fight, when you were like kind of looking at it, like, you know what, that makes perfect, Vittori makes perfect,
0: perfect sense. Both guys who need, this, need a few wins to get back to Adesanya. So it's perfect. This is kind of like that Weidman Rockhold fight that they were trying to make forever. I mean, it's basically the exact same fight (laughs) Um, in a lot of ways. Um, All right. So that's going to just about do it. Um, We uh, we overshot our target a little bit, but that's okay. It was, uh, we were real excited about, about uh, these shows. So um, Ryan, uh, what do you got to plug? You got your article, you got the server coverage. I've got my Monday MMA roundup that came out. Came out Monday,
1: and uh, every Monday. Uh, and then we got play, live, play by play coverage every week of every UFC. See over at WrestlingObserver.com dot com slash figure four f four w online dot com, and then my big post show write ups in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that comes out every thursday night or friday morning depending on how much wwe likes to screw with dave Meltzer. uh then yeah <laughs> and then that and then of course i'm on twitter uh ignoring the trolls and talking to the nice people all time ta- all day every every day like if you want to talk mma with me and you want to be you know i will a bunch so yeah
0: yeah yeah All right, and I've got um I've got the uh news that I did with Garrett Gonzalez uh still up on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel. You can check that out. We talked a little bit of MMA, mostly pro wrestling. Um and uh I'll have the Dynamite show with Jeff Hawkins on the Fight Game Media Patreon. Um that is uh that goes up immediately after AEW Dynamite. And uh, also, uh, I advise you guys to check if you're subscribed to this feed, uh, check out The Boom and The Rap, which are our uh, free shows covering AEW and WWE. They're both really good shows that, um, you know, from posts that are very positive about the product they're watching, but they're also critical, but they're not like total trolls like you hear a lot of people do. Like they actually like what they're watching and want it to be better. And uh, I just love listening to those two shows. So I just want to give them a plug. So James McDaniel and Kevin Ely, on the uh, on the boom and um, uh, Keila Cash and Scott Young, who are like, I just love those guys, those two. And I love when I get to guest on those shows, which I'm going to be doing in a couple weeks. So check those shows out on the fight game media free Patreon. Uh, so yeah, that'll be just about it. All right. uh, so for uh, Ryan, why don't you take us home as you always do. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later.